Hi everyone, Clemenza here. Today we're going to be interviewing screenwriter Mr. Ryan Reese. Here's a quick preview. You have been winning awards for your screenplay and you have actually produced the film and won awards for that as well. Stick around to hear the rest of this fascinating interview. Welcome to Dialogues with Creators, Episode 3. This new podcast is about creators and creative people in the Northwest Georgia and Tennessee Valley region. The people behind this podcast believe creative endeavors happen in all walks of life and not only in the traditional arts. In our first two episodes, we conversed with Mr. Jerry Dry, a humorist and humor scholar, an educator who creates humor and laughter. In this episode, we have another special guest, Mr. Ryan Reese, educator, screenwriter, and now filmmaker. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's common to introduce a person with their credentials and credits. Where did you go to college and beyond? Well, I actually started out as a Dalton State student myself many years ago. Um, I did two years here for an associate's in English and then transferred to the University of Georgia, where initially I finished my bachelor's in English education, uh, grade six through 12, which I've been uh, teaching, I guess, now for 25 years in the public schools. Uh, Beyond that, I have a Master of Arts in Professional Writing from Kennesaw State, also an EDS in Curriculum and Instruction from Lee University. I am ABD in a doctoral program in Learning and Leadership at the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. And most recently, I finished a Master of Fine Arts in Narrative Nonfiction Writing, uh, Screenwriting for Film and Television at the University of Georgia. Okay, so you have a lot of credentials in education and writing and teaching English. You are known to the Dalton State community for your work in the classroom, which has been prolific. You've taught in several areas, and we will discuss that later in the podcast. However, I'd like to start with your work as a screenwriter. When did your interest in the film industry and screenwriting start? Uh, I guess truly the interest began when I was a younger uh, person in my high school career. It was uh, an option that I, that I always thought was a possibility, but I was risk averse when I was you know, an 18-year-old kid. I wasn't going to move to New York or L.A. and do those things uh, which are so uh, traditional or stereotypical, depending on how you look at it. Uh, I always believed, uh, you know, that film writing and, and directing and producing was a possibility. Uh, it just took a long time to kind of get to that point. Fortunately, as most people listening probably know, Georgia is really doing well with uh, filmmaking. Now we're, uh, depending on how you look at the data, we're number three in the world in film production here in the state and uh, doing really great things. And so fortunately, Hollywood brought uh, those possibilities to not only me, but really anybody living within the state or or close by in Chattanooga or Cleveland. So uh, when the occasion finally presented itself in my um, 40s, I went back to school uh, for the formal education in screenwriting, but it's something that I'd been doing informally for many years prior to that, uh, in addition to poetry and creative nonfiction and fiction writing as well. Wonderful. The Department of Communication at Dalton State College has a pretty close relationship with the George Film Academy. In fact, our producer... Ms. Calencia Biafuerte is a student at the Georgia Film Academy. And my understanding is the MFA in screenwriting that you uh, earned at Georgia uh, has some connections with the Film Academy. And the desire of the Georgia Film Academy and the Georgia film industry to create, as Jeff Stepakoff says, a film ecostructure or ecosystem so that we have 
level, we're training people from the, the hands-on level, production assistant level, various areas into the more creative side of it. So that brings us to the fact that you earned the MFA in narrative nonfiction screenwriting at University of Georgia. That's correct, right? That is correct. Okay. Yes. So why did you choose that specialization? Can you explain how that might differ from the alternative, which I'm thinking is fiction screenwriting, but probably is not? Well, it kind of depends. You mentioned Jeff Stepikoff, who's now the director of the Georgia Film Academy. And I actually went to Kennesaw State in the Master of Arts in Professional Writing program uh, with an interest in screenwriting, which is one of the opportunities that they give students in the program. The problem was when I went there back in the early 2000s, they did not have a screenwriting instructor at the time. So I focused on poetry and creative nonfiction, which was a wise thing to do. I had great instructors uh, right at the end of my tenure there. Jeffrey Stepikoff was hired as the screenwriting professor, and he has uh, in his own right a very prolific um, and much more qualified background in the area than I do. But, you know, within that, it's kind of pursuing that. And then Jeff getting there when I was leaving and graduating and coming back to teaching, he and I had really positive conversations about the possibility of just kind of hanging in there and uh, coming back and maybe taking his class at Kennesaw State. That never came to fruition. But uh, Georgia Film Academy, as you know, the University of Georgia program that I completed is not connected to that program specifically. But Jeff and uh, the people at the University of Georgia, including Nate Cohn, who's the director of the program, are working uh, professionals together and, of course, really friends in the industry together. Uh, Nate's a former Hollywood producer who's now uh, retired, as he says. But the vision, uh, when they discussed the matter and, and I think created the program together, from my understanding, was that Jeff's long-term vision for the Georgia Film Academy is to bring writing rooms uh, and screenwriters to Georgia. So everything is done in-state. And University of Georgia then, I think, kind of uh, took that and, and ran with it, essentially creating this program in, in screenwriting. You're asking about the other uh, options with production and what that looks like. And it's not specifically fiction, uh, nor would it be poetry or nonfiction. Uh, you have at the University of Georgia program, you have the program in screenwriting specifically that I completed. And then this past year, they just launched another MFA in above the line production. So if you're interested in producing or if you're interested in directing uh, those things above the line. So GFA is kind of below the line production for students who do that program. And then the MFA at UGA is now above the line production. And then the screenwriters, of course, are necessary for both because you can't produce a film if you don't have a story. And really, that's kind of the way for me that it's all connected, or at least that I was able to connect it. Uh, just being persistent and patient, exceedingly patient, and, and waiting for those opportunities to finally fall into place. I'm always amazed by Jeff and what he's done and his vision and his energy. And he has really sold the legislatures and others and the businessmen on this whole vision that he has. And he's just inspirational to listen to and has so much wisdom. So I know that an MFA program is intense. It's it's a different kind of animal in some ways. Can you give us an idea of what the program required and how that worked? Well, other than admissions standards, of course, just like any other program, sort of the meat and potatoes, as they like to say there in the program, is really uh, matching up screenwriters with mentors in the industry. So it's not going to class and learning theory. It's actually learning the practice of screenwriting from professionals uh, in the industry. 
mentors who are filmmakers and have been for many years, screenwriters who work in film and television. Uh, if anybody visits their website, which is maybe a shameless plug, you'll see the depth and, and breadth of the knowledge that they bring to the table. Uh, UGA just recently kind of stole Neil Landau from the University of uh, California, Los Angeles, UCLA. And uh, it, it's kind of a big deal that they're building programs um, that are visionary, but they're bringing practice into the classroom rather than, like I said, just theory. So for the program itself, it's a two-year program. It is a terminal MFA uh, for those who are looking for a terminal degree in the industry, there's not really a step above that unless you do PhDs in film theory and things, for example, or in film production. But then again, it's theoretical and not practical. Uh, for that particular program, uh, the two years, really, it's low residency. So you go down to Athens, at least in my case, one week each semester at the very beginning of the semester, and you have a one-week intensive. And it is truly an intensive uh, program. You're in uh, classes which really are more described as workshops with people from the industry, guests that they bring in, um, Zoom sessions, uh, Skype sessions, and you never know who, who's going to be there. It's not the same uh, any semester or any year. So every cohort is very different, but the core of the program is that you're working with mentors and writers in the industry to work on your work and um, choose you know whether you want to work on television, screenwriting, or, or feature films or short films. It's pretty flexible with what direction you choose to go. But either way, you're still under the guidance of, of professionals in the industry. So when you go into the program, you would state what your major interest is as far as television or the short films or the feature films, and then they would connect you with a mentor? Essentially, that that's true. Now, in, in my case, as a second uh, year student, we were the second cohort that did the program and completed it, uh, or at least started and completed. And in that case, because the cohort numbers were so small, they just sort of designated you uh, to particular mentors. And then when you got in for the first week intensive, if someone is more interested in television writing versus feature film writing, then uh, they would kind of swap and trade, um, you know, if people were more interested in one or the other. Uh, fortunately for me, I knew what I wanted to do primarily. I was actually the only one in my cohort who simply wanted to focus in on feature writing. Uh, most other people had a deep interest in television writing. And not that I'm averse to that. I have an interest in it, but it's just not my first love and never really has been. Uh, you know, I, I watch some TV, but I'm not, you know, terribly invested in TV programs. But film uh, is a very different way of storytelling. And it intrigues me much more. So for me, it was a pretty easy call. Uh, for others, they, they kind of moved around and got everybody in the right seats with the right people. And it was a great experience for everybody because of that. So I'm, I'm trying to envision this. And I'm thinking, since these are people who are really successful right. and doing the work and, and know their field and their craft so much, you're really getting great wisdom, but you're also setting yourself up for some some serious reality checks, I guess. I, I would say that's true. Um, I don't want to give specific stories, but, you know, most everybody's still learning and the people in the industry are still learning. It's not an easy career path. And people that, yes, have had success who are mentoring and teaching in the program are still having to struggle for the next thing. So for all the successes they've had, there's no guaranteed sustainability mm. in the industry. So the reality check that, that maybe you're referring to 
is just hearing narratives and stories from the people inside the business who they can't wave a magic wand and get you to where you want to be. And there are a lot of, I think, a lot of students in any program that feel like, hey, you're the expert. How did you do it? And they'll tell you point blank that everybody's story is very different and everybody's success is very different and it's difficult to sustain over time. You know, if you're going in thinking that, hey, I'm, I'm going to have huge success and I'm going to be an overnight sensation, that is not reality. Uh, you still have to get in the seat and write and you still have to produce work and send it out and get rejected and really network. That's the biggest thing I think I took away from the program is the power of networking and really connecting with people and then also kind of fostering that and paying it forward to other people, which I try to do with my students here at Dalton State as well. So. It's it's not a an easy formula for anybody, I think, in the industry. And there there's some reality there. You know, sometimes when people might get impatient and ask some of the mentors to, um, you know, give them connections to their agent or <laughs> to people in the industry, uh, that is just not a reality. But if you do good work and you're a quality person, they will do all that they can to help you be successful. And I think it's a pretty cool, you know, trade-off to be able to have, you know, several mentors that I can text or call in the industry that I do know and, and get feedback from and actually get real FaceTime with. And that's been a very positive aspect of the program for me personally. Yes, I work more in the short fiction realm with my writing. And it's the same, though, is that everyone wants to be an overnight success. Right. And that's a myth. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. so it takes a lot of work and a lot of time. In light of that, and I hope this is not an impossible question, when you look back on the program, what are the major standout points of the experience? Well, that, that's pretty extensive. So uh, I, I think I'll start with one one thing that I've already said is actually having uh, real mentors who are invested in you. Uh, yes, of course, they're getting paid you know, to be there for you know, being adjunct or full-time faculty. But beyond that, they truly do care about the professionalism and the degree of success that they've had in terms of giving you, you know, real life stories and scenarios, which are really priceless. Uh, just hearing people's stories sometimes. And then I think some of the other, you know, bigger aspects of it in terms of uh, things that we would do, you know, being able to screen a film and actually have the writer or the director or the producer come in and talk about that is to me a big win you know, just to kind of see the process from the ground up as a as a new filmmaker, that was actually very inspiring to me and encouraged me to, to do what I did in, in making my first film. Mm-hmm. So th- there are so many things to, to kind of talk about that were, were positives. And there were some things that maybe at the time didn't seem like positives. You know, I, I won't specifically name drop a special guest that we had. But, you know, my first semester there, we had someone who's very successful and very prominent in the TV business who came in. And essentially, we, we did a writer's room and it was very intense. And if you weren't really gelling with the story that we were trying to tell, uh, he was brutal and exactly j- just like they do in the industry. It was not, you know, soft gloved hands for you. So if things weren't gelling with the story, he talked to you and treated you just like you were in the writer's room with him. And when you've got somebody that's got about 40 years of success in the business and can be very pointed and direct in the way that he approaches things, some people, I think, maybe got their feelings hurt from time to time because it was very intimidating. But uh, he's also really awesome at what he does. So it was a learning experience and yes, kind of terrifying at the same time, right out, right out of the gate the first semester there. But you know, every experience was very different. The other mentors, uh, everyone takes a very different approach to what they do. So we have, you know, comedy writers who come in and television writers who come in, producers, directors, uh, you name it. I've, I've seen, you know, great instruction from all of those people, very inspirational speakers, even at the graduation ceremonies that they have. So it's a very interesting 
experience all the way around. And uh, going back to Jeff Stepikoff, of course, he's he's well connected to the program and he came and spoke to us about his vision for the state as well. So it was also very encouraging. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to name drop. No, it's okay. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Although uh, probably some people are like me. Oh, who was that? <laughs> was that a guy's name? So let's segue a little bit. And I really appreciate what you've said about the program there, because I think it might be helpful to maybe some of the younger filmmakers. And I might come back to it. But I want to spend a lot of time on your own writing. You have been winning awards for your screenplay, Elation. And you have actually produced the film and won awards for that as well. And so I'm going to get into those. But first, can you tell us, and I, I hate this question, but what is your screenplay about and how is it about it? Thematically, I guess it's about uh, the dangers of coming to conclusions without getting all the facts. I think mm. uh, that's the most direct way I can say it. It happens so often uh, in so many different situations and circumstances. And as an educator, I've seen things happen in 25 years that whether with the teachers or students or a combination of both, you know, there are things that you just see that sometimes give you pause to say, wow, we really jumped to conclusions when we, we really didn't know the situation. And so it's not autobiographical. I've had people ask that question about this screenplay, I guess, every time anybody reads it. And that is uh, actually not the case. But it's probably well informed from much of my experience at the same time as well. And I guess if you're asking sort of how how it gets that theme across in terms of the the story itself, essentially there's a college instructor who is falsely accused of uh, an inappropriate relationship with a student. When somebody takes something out of context, uh, the student and the teacher are seen praying together. And in, in one, I guess, moment in time, another student observes that and thinks that it's something else, or at least maybe hopes or, or makes it something that it's not. Uh, so it's kind of a cautionary tale, I guess, a little bit about, you know, the dangers of those things, jumping to conclusions when you don't have all the facts and just how easy it is to do so and and who is left in the wake of those types of things when it happens, which I think happens maybe way too often. And, you know, not to soapbox it, but we're in a cancel culture now that I think uh, really magnifies that. So it's kind of, I guess, a way to, to look at that tender subject and in, in a good and positive way. It may sound like a heavy subject, but it actually is a story that has an upending at the end and, and things, you know, that go wrong end up going well. So that that's as vague and honest as I can be about it without spoiling okay. too much of the details of the story. Well, I've seen it and it's excellent. And we're going to get to that in a minute. Sure. But could you mention some of the awards that you've won for the screenplay? Well, there have been Several, I guess I'll just uh, maybe talk about the most recent one. I was one of the four final contenders. I didn't ultimately win, but the Just for Shorts Hollywood uh, Screenplay Contest is the most recent one. Uh, before that, there was uh, the New York Screenwriters Guild competition actually was selected as a winner for that one. And then uh, that resulted in actually getting to do a Zoom pitch with producers and writers in the industry. Uh, ultimately, it wasn't the winner that ended up getting produced, which wasn't a total loss because I've already produced the film on my terms and I'm satisfied with that. It was a really great experience to be able to um, talk, even though it was you know virtually or through the screen, talking to people in the industry and pitching the story. Uh, that was actually really, really a great opportunity and kind of terrifying as well, because initially they weren't supposed to be unmasked. And then when, when we logged into the Zoom, there they were. So 
uh, getting to see them face to face was a little more intimidating than I expected. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you pitch a story in four minutes or less and I, I feel good. And, and what I did with the pitch, but I don't feel bad that I didn't win ultimately. Mm-hmm. And then there have been others um, nationwide and a few Christian film festivals in the mix. And then my very first one was actually the Atlanta Screenwriting Festival, which was the very first one that it was chosen as a finalist in. So it, it's been around a little while and it's gained a lot of traction. But it's also maybe to a point where my mentor's telling me, okay, next, keep writing, keep moving yeah. on. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the thing. You want to nurture the baby, but you also want to continue working on the work. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, very good. <laughs> very good advice. And you said several things here that I, I want to branch off on. But you mentioned that it was in some Christian film festivals. And right. it does. Do you feel it has a Christian message or is that just a function of the characters and yourself and not so much the you wouldn't call it a faith based film? I would actually call it a faith based film okay. simply because my faith identity informs what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it overtly a Christian film? No. Are there themes or elements there that resonate with an audience that may be looking for those themes? Yes. Okay. Is it wide enough to appeal to a secular audience who may be oblivious to those themes? Yes. Obviously. So I think that to mm-hmm. me, good storytelling. Yes. I think writers do write what they know and they write from a place of their formal learning and their experience and their observations about the world. But I think that you have to be able to tell stories in a way that can be universal and universally received by people from all walks of life and all different perspectives on the world. So it's not overtly there, but I know that, you know, there are elements of, as you said, the characters who maybe aren't necessarily perfect or virtuous, but they they definitely have strengths that uh, guide what they do. And in some ways, I guess there, there are some detractions from that a little bit because of the nature of what happens in the story, too. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not necessarily a, an overt good versus evil story. It's much more complex than that. Yes. And I think that was something in, in the screenings that I've had for the film that I've been able to kind of feel and observe, too, that it, it lands very differently for people. But it lands well for everybody, which is which is a great feeling. So. Yes. And in, in the first podcast, in the longer introduction I gave, I did say that at times we would address issues of faith sure. in, in the podcast, but where it fits into the creative process. Right. So that does come up sometimes. Hmm. I like what you said about producing it on your own terms and that's where I want to go next. You were able to produce the screenplay, and I'm sure you could talk about that for a long time. True. But I am interested in how, you know, other than just the day-to-day of it, is just how did you make that happen? As I said earlier, a lot of uh, networking, mm-hmm. honestly. The, the script that we're talking about that has, you know, won some awards and, and other things was not originally a script I wrote in and of itself to be an entity by itself. It, it was actually... Uh, the beginning of a feature script that I wrote while I was in the MFA program. And it just wasn't working as an opening to that particular story. Uh, Tonally, it just didn't fit. Character-wise, it fit, but tonally, it did not fit. And so um, with the good advice of my mentor, Raman Siri, I just scrapped it and worked on the feature separately. But he also, he and I both, I think, felt that those first pages, there was a story there. And so initially what was 12 or 13 pages of the feature became uh, 24 pages of a short script. And I held on to it. I I believed in the story. And it's maybe, you know, again, it's not autobiographical, but it's a personal story. And I think it's one that I I felt like needed to be told. 
Uh, one thing I did not gain in the in the program at University of Georgia was production experience. Again, it's a screenwriting program exclusively, at least the one that I did at the time. And so knowing that I had a story, I, I really at that point had no vision of producing it. Uh, what happened there is um, in Chattanooga, they, they had a, a monthly mixer at the Heritage House that was hosted by Chris Jones. And I went to one of the mixers, and that evening, Chris Willis, who's a professor at Chattanooga State Community College, who's also a filmmaker and a film instructor there, uh, was at the mixer, and we were just casually, you know, connecting, meeting, um, you know, doing the things that you do at those kind of events in terms of just kind of, hey, who are you and what do you do and exchanging information and, and networking. And Chris said, well, maybe you should come to Chat State and take my classes. And he was serious about it. And I thought, well, you know, I've, I'm probably educated above my means at this point in my life. I don't know that I want to take any more classes. But he gave me the information and uh, his email address basically said, go online, look at my classes. It's, it's three classes and you live in state, so it would be dirt cheap for you to do. But it's hands-on production experience, all the below-the-line stuff. And he's like, you know, maybe, you know, some of those short scripts you, that you have, we actually produce short films in our program student films. And I said, well, that's very interesting. I'll look into it. Uh, so I did look into it. And I thought, well, you know, one class a semester times three to get production experience. It was cost effective. I had the time in the evenings to do it because they schedule those classes in the evening. And so uh, above the, the terminal MFA, I took three production classes in professional film and television at Chat State and met a lot of really great very talented and skilled students. And one of the young ladies ended up directing my short film and uh, Chris, because of his network, uh, he had a DP who um, was for hire, uh, Christian Eves. He's a filmmaker. I know you know Christian mm -hmm. in, in a lot of different ways. He's on our committee here, but also, you know, his work in the community. And so Chris, basically, you know, we, we sort of massaged the script and, and turned it into a little bit longer, you know, fleshed out story in the duration of the three classes. Uh, Dylan Koosman, who's an actor. He's been in the business for over 40 years as well. And he was one of the instructors in the program. And he, he really took to the story and he felt like it was a powerful, good story. And uh, basically kind of be, by default, I think the other students and the instructors said, we need to film this. This is the story that we're going to film for this cohort. And so over those three semesters, we kind of worked on planning and developing and plotting and hiring all the people and, you know, a lot of the hiring were the students in Chat State's program. So, uh, you know, kind of from for their, um, for their program, it was very beneficial, I think, to everybody. It was not something I went into pushing my own work. It was not something I went in assuming, like, hey, I want to do this program so they'll make my film. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was never anything like that. It just everybody came together and said, this is a great story that needs to be told. We got the right people in the right place. Fortunately, um, you know, I've taught for many years, but Dalton State's always been gracious enough to keep me around as an adjunct instructor and uh, kind of put that money to the side and, and keep it in my, I guess, creative account, if you want to call it that. And fortunately, I mean, I have the financial resources to do it and I paid for everything. I hired the actors, I did set design, costuming and wardrobe, location scouting. And then, you know, the students did most of the production work and then Christian of course DP'd the film 
Rachel directed, uh, Rachel Bohan, and she works at Humanod in Chattanooga. Great, great thinker, great director, just a smart young lady. And then Chris was sort of executive producer and just let, let us do what needed to be done. And it came together over uh, six weekends. Uh, we had six shooting days on it. The lead actor was from Atlanta and the lead actress from Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, the other two actresses, one was actually a former Dalton State student. And then Rebecca uh, Artis Jackson, who was a, actually a, a colleague and student in the cohort at UGA, who I reached out to and called in the favor for her for the other role. And she's a dynamic actress and great comedian and a great writer. So it was just really all of that coming together simply because at a mixer at Heritage House in Chattanooga, uh, I went, I showed up, I met someone who had resources that I didn't have. Uh, he opened an invitation to come and take his classes, and I took the opportunity to do so. And and because of those things and just being faithful in the process, it, it came together and we, we got a really great product from it. That's an amazing story. And I I don't dislike it. I really love the, the film. I've been able to see it. And it does have a a pull, an emotional oomph to it. I see it so much as a, about justice, maybe. Uh, there's sort of an injustice that goes on. I won't give any, almost anything else. But, you know, you connect, you identify with the characters, yet you don't do it in a way that they're perfect. You see, you know, you... You're just so into it. And right. so I can see why they picked it as their story. And, and if I may, you know, say when, when we say they, the students in Chat State's program that picked it, we're talking about students who are 18, 19, 20, mm -hmm. 21 years old. And, and this would not be a story that I would have initially envisioned that that age demographic would have been that drawn to. But um, they, they really were behind it. And I've got to give them a lot of credit for that. I can see it, though, because they've all probably been or felt like they've been in a, in a similar situation. You know, I can yeah, see that. So. Yeah. And, and had some empathy for those characters. You have been listening to our conversation with Mr. Ryan Reese. Come back next week for the second part of our interview, where he discusses the hardships of producing a film and advice for aspiring screenwriters.